mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I am Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamant. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. How are you today, Robert? Today, Russell, I am feeling like I'm feeling. And when I say that, I mean like deep feels, kind of all the feels, feeling super alive. And that is because today's guest's work can make um, a universe out of one single brushstroke. There is such power in her work. And really, at, at its essence, it for me, I've kind of interpreted it as feeling kind of deep emotion and psychological interior and kind of experience of everyday life and reality. And it's quite a powerful thing to think about that within the history of painting. And today's guest is a very singular voice and someone who is relating to the history of art, but somehow has created a whole new language um, over the past six decades. That's right, six decades. And is based in Washington, D.C. and has created some incredible um, bodies of work, including a really seminal series called M Street, which is going to be um, exhibited in London. Um, and it's actually today's guest's first ever UK solo exhibition at Edel Asante Gallery in October. And we are super proud um, and very, very overexcited to be talking to the artist herself. So we would like to welcome to Talk Art, Sylvia, Sylvia Snowden. Snowden. Hi, Sylvia. Well, hello. How are, <laughs> How are you, you again? <laughs> Fine, thank you. We're, we're great. It's just such an honour to talk to you, Sylvia. So, so as Rob said, you're you're based in Washington D.C. Is that where we speak to you today? Yes, I have my studio in my home, and that's where you're calling me. Amazing. And what what is it like to have your studio and your home in the same place? Oh, it's wonderful for me in the sense that I, I don't have to get into a car and go to another place when I feel like painting. All I have to do is to go to other rooms and paint. How many rooms so do you paint in? it's very convenient for me. I've painted in every room in this house. This house is a very large house for, for city homes, and I've painted in every room in this house with the exception of the kitchen and the bathroom. And there are four stories in this house. And I'm never, I guess there are about 16 rooms in this house. 
And most of the house now where I don't paint is used for storage. Right. And and you've lived in this house for many years? This has been somewhere where you've been able to really yes, settle? Yes, I've lived in this house. Sure, I've lived here for... I didn't mean to cut you off. I've lived here since uh, 1976, 76. Wow. Wow. That's so cool. And do you, do you, when you paint in all the different rooms, do you, do you feel like each room has a different energy that you can bring into your work? No. I bring the energy into the room. The room doesn't give it back to me. I love that. So as, as Rob was talking about in the... Um, in the intro, he says he has a lot of feelings, and you've described your work as uh, painting feelings. Is that something we can talk about? Sure, but you know, I paint pictures. I don't talk, but I'm going to I'm going to make a, a, an effort. And I appreciate you asking me these questions. But what happens is that an idea comes into my head goes through my head to my heart and out through my arm. And that makes the stroke. That governs the stroke. So it's not like a, an emotional outburst. It is, it's, it, it's a combination of the intellect and the emotion. It's not just one or the other. Even though my style of painting is often referred to as emotional, it, it's passionate. Right. And do you, do you know when you start a painting now? Because p- people coming to your work will obviously see the figure present. Do you, do you know when you start a work what the work is going to be? Or as you're saying now, there's this intuition and this instinct that you have that you're saying that the brushstroke comes out through the arm. Is that something you, you just trust to tell you what the painting is? Well, the thing about it is that I'm 81. I've been painting for a very long time, a very long time. So when I paint, it's something that I have thought about, something that I have felt. Was that your question? (laughs) Yes. I mean, yes, but this is obviously a a lifelong thing. As, As, you know, over six decades you've been painting. So I guess, yeah, this thing is something that your line is something that you are in complete command of. Yes. Yes, I've done it so for such a long time. I understand paint and me. I understand it. It's not something that I'm fumbling through trying to find myself. I have found myself and my mode of expression and my style. My style of expression comes from my personality. When did you settle on that style, do you think? Look, look. if you go back, when did you feel like, this is my style and this it's is my not personality? A point of, it's not a point of set. I keep interrupting you. I'm so sorry. You're okay. It's not no, a no, point no. of settling on it. It's not a point of settling on it. This is something that's developed. You know, it's developed. And, and as I said, I've been thinking for a long time. And I'm, I'm governed a lot by a passion for paint, a passion for colour. Uh, I know that you were born in 1942 in Raleigh, North Carolina. And if you look back to your childhood um, growing up, do you remember the first time you thought, like, I really love painting or I really love the texture of paint? No, what I do remember is the first time when I was about four years old painting. I remember that. 
my 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 parents, particularly my mother, was interested in color, interested in art, and my brother and I painted with watercolors. Now I remember that painting outside uh, on the trees. I remember that, you know, and, and I've been painting ever since. Of course, not every day. Now I paint every day. For sure. And I know that your mother, Jessie um, Burns Snowden, was a professor of English literature um, and she taught yeah. at a university and, uh, you know, was highly successful in her own right. And did she bring a lot of sort of passion and influences, you know, aside from like books and things? But was is that, do you think, where some of your art interest sort of began? I think my interest in color came directly from her. And I have very supportive parents. My father, Dr. George W. Snowden, and my mother, Jesse Burns Snowden, were extremely supportive of me. And I could not be the, the painter I am without them. They, they, they bought my paint. They did everything for me. I mean, everything. And, um, they fostered everything. They, they, they encouraged me. What was it like for them then, knowing that, you know, when you, you started a career and you were becoming successful as an artist? I mean, that, that must have been incredibly proud for them. Well, we, don't, we never discussed that. No, my parents, no, we never discussed, well, Sylvia, I'm proud of you. Well, do you know what you need? I like this. I'm glad you're making this particular effort, you know, and you're being accepted this way or here. But it wasn't... Uh, do you know, it wasn't, I, they didn't give me a little pep talk, if that's what you mean. My father did say when I was in the 11th grade, he said we wanted to have a little chat. And I said, okay, okay, Daddy. And so he said, well, what do you want to do when you go to Howard University? What do you want to major in? So I told him art. He says, oh, my goodness, I don't know. I don't know how much money you're going to make with that. But we're with you. And they were with me all the time until they died. They were with me. I'm doing a, a, a series now dedicated to my father. It's called the G Series. My father's first name, as I said, was George. And this is a G Series. And this is a non-figurative uh, uh, series. I paint in a series just like people paint, uh, like people write in a paragraph. There's a thought. And then, or, or let's say, a book of short stories. And there's a, each chapter represents a painting. And when I have said all that I can say in paint about the subject matter, then it's complete. Wow. So, so, so a lot of bodies of work that you've stayed in, do you feel they are finite now then? When you, you felt like you've come to a natural conclusion with certain themes? I have said what I could say the best way I could say it in paint at the time. And that's the end of that thought. Wow. I'd like to go back to how inspiring your, your mother was, because you were saying about um, how a lot of the work, you know, was inspired by her and especially the color palette. And I think you said because your mother always wore bright colors, that color palette has entered the work and stayed there. Yes, yes. We lived in a house that had a lot of prints of, of outstanding artists. And my mother, we had a lot of color in the house. 
and she wore color. My mother was very much, very much inspirational to me as far as the appreciation of color. Wow. And also, I guess, I guess a celebration of, of um, female strength. It feels like there's a real kind of strength that runs through the work. Well, there's a, there's a strong sense of uh, passion that runs through the work. I don't, a lot of people use that word about strength in my work. Well, it, it's direct. I'm direct. You know, it's direct. And it's, it's, it's impasto, it's thick paint. Yeah, and, and thinking about that, I know that when you got to Howard University, um, where you studied under David Driscoll and um, uh, Lois Melu-Jones and James Porter, that that was somewhere where your professors kind of began to introduce you to expressionist painting, which, you know, if you think of all those um, incredible artists, do, do, do you remember discovering that kind of era um, when you were doing your BA? It was more or less... They've let me develop my own style. It wasn't that, well, look at Kokoschka, look at Nova, look at whomever. It wasn't so much that, but we can experience looking at all art. But you develop your own statement, and they encouraged me that way. And I tell you what, you know, I've never been able to talk about my art. When you get a master's degree from Howard, you have to write about your work and you also have to defend it verbally. And so I told Professor Porter that I just couldn't 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 talk about it. So he says, You're gonna have to do that, you won't get a degree. That's part of the degree. And it was very, very difficult. And he told me one thing. He said, you're going to have to learn how to talk about your art because you're going to be asked to talk about it. And you're going to have to learn how to do it. And it still makes me nervous. I've been thinking about this interview since yesterday hard, thinking about it. And it's a little nervous racking for me. No, you sound great. But why, why, do you, why did you or do you find it hard to talk about your work, do you think? Because I paint, I don't talk. If if I want to express myself with verbs, I, I mean with words, I do it with, with, with a, differently. You know, I, I write about it. You know, but I paint about it. I do not use words. Paint is my mode of expression of my thinking and feeling. Yeah, it's amazing. Can we talk about the uh, materiality? You mentioned just now a thick impasto. And, and for people listening who might not know what that is, could you talk about that? But also really curious about the material that you paint on is masonite, which is something that is really uh, a beautiful uh, surface to paint on. It'd be really nice to talk about that as well, please. Well, let me explain. Number one, the, the impasto just simply means thick paint. That's all it means for, for our audiences, for our purposes. It simply means thick paint, and my paint is getting thicker. It's almost like a bar-relief sculpture, and a low bar-relief sculpture where the positive space is raised from the surface, from the negative space, and that's what it's like. And I just enjoy the three-dimensionality of, of that. And what was the second part of the question? The surfaces that you paint on, especially masonite, which is something that comes up in your oh, work. And... Well, the masonite is in this particular series that you see in London. 
I, I, I don't use masonite anymore. I've used masonite because I've done a lot of pen and ink with mixed media. Yeah, so that was in the 1970s, wasn't it, with the masonite? And it was a series called M Street. Can we talk about the M Street series where you did use the Masonite in in the uh, 70s, which is a show that will be coming to London. This is your first uh, UK solo. Congratulations. We're very excited to have you here. What is the M Street series and what can people look forward to discovering with this? Well, this is the M Street, this particular group of paintings that you see, the M Street on, on white. Uh, which the figures is, is this the positive space and all of the negative space is white, and um, it, it's a it's a study of the of of the the human instinct and in people the, the human being the humanness in us. It's 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 not about uh, our position in life or about how much formal education we had or anything. We are all human beings and we have the same type of of feelings, though they can, they at times go uh, in one direction or another. But nevertheless, we still have the same type of experiences with our feelings. And that's what I try to paint. I try to paint what what we as human beings are about. Yeah, exactly. So kind of like, I've, I've read it before, actually, that it's like the psychological essence um, of your subjects, the kind of deliberations, triumphs, and then also like joy and kind of ha- and ha- happier times too. Well, I don't think I'm not, well, it's, I have a joy of painting, but I don't know whether my subject matter is exp- it's expression of joy that's that's not an expression of joy. It's an expression of ears, and 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 joy, you know, and the way you seem to use it is is, is not something I paint about. The act of painting is joyous for me, but the subject matter I don't paint joy. I paint us, and we are not all joy all the time, or if ever, after we get through puberty. You you, you understand. Yeah. So th- this series as well is taken from real life. Were you sketching or painting? And, and were these people and the the community that you were surrounded by, were they aware that you were an artist and you were making these works? Yes, they were aware I was an artist. They were aware. I didn't socialize with the adults. I have children and the adults had children and my kids played with the children. And, you know, all the children played together. But you no, know, they they I don't sketch. I paint, go directly to paint. The um when they were aware when the trucks used to come by and pick up my work and on the back of each painting is the name of the painting. And then people say, Oh, there I am not recognizing, not wanting to recognize what the paint was about, not even asking where, but the name of them on the back of the painting meant so much to me. And I wish I had filmed that because it was, you know, it was, it did me my heart good that, that I was able to make them feel good too. So so this is why so many titles 
of your works are people's names. There's like, um, especially in the late 70s, Beverly Johnson, Alice Shannon, Darlene Shannon, and Nathan Dixon. The, the titles are the, are the subjects. Yes, and they're people that I knew. And, and they really enjoyed the fact that their name was on a piece of art. Their name, they were recognized within a painting. Yes, That's amazing. They, wow. they were recognized as a person. They were thought of as a person. Yes. You might have the same feeling if somebody does a painting of you and you see, you, you know, you might enjoy that, that somebody thought enough of you as a person to paint you. That sort of validates your your life. Yeah. Did you feel like it was, um, y you were making a gift for people in some ways by recognizing them? Heavens no. Heavens no. no. <laughs> There's no gift to the people, no. I was the painting. You know, it had nothing to do. I was painting. I wasn't giving them. It wasn't a gift. It had nothing to do with that. This, is the, this was a means of identification. Okay, so this is what Leroy, whatever, whomever. And then, then I, I realized, I remember exactly which painting that is. Because I paint a lot and all of the time. And so I have to make sure I understand exactly which painting you're talking about. Because there, there, there are many paintings. I've done many. And, um, and you have those names because I, I can, can remember what the painting was, mm. hopefully. So when we when we look at these paintings, the, these figures, there's something that's very unique to you is that they seem to float uh, in space or in water. They have these contorted bodies, but it's like they they're disorientated and they're they're not spatially placed anywhere. It's really fascinating, like language that you have. I'm glad you could read it. Yeah, is is that something that you? that took a while to come to and and was it quite um a thing to to allow yourself to let your figures float and 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 be spatially kind of not in an equilibrium kind of like just free falling well it's not point they're not free falling i understand your point but they are in space they are in space so that the viewer so what that i'm and, and painting about you can you can see them alone without being obstructed with anything else. You can identify with them, hopefully, in some part of your own experience. Your own experience in life can identify with the, the position of the bodies, the type of the, the bodies, the way they are, exaggerate the, the, the uh, position of the, the hands. And the floating aspect is that we are not anchored. We are not anchored at all. And that, that I, I want to get across that so that we can identify with this. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the hands just then. That This is something as well that's so unique to you is that your, your hands are oversized. They're something that your eyes, my eyes, always drawn to first within the image is these hands that are kind of really big. Well, the reason for that is that we express ourselves through verbally. But often we express ourselves through the use of our hands. And often our hands are truer to what we feel and think than what our mouth is. Because it's closer to our, the, the expression, the use of the hands. Uh, that's closer to the mind and the heart 
then and what what we think and feel, then then affirming it through words somebody else has has has, has decided what they mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So our hands express what we mean. And um, if you if you think about a series like M Street or the current one you're working on right now, the G series, um, how does it begin? Like, is there a point when you're when you're suddenly like an idea has formed so strongly that you can then freely just? It's like... not a sudden. It's, nothing with me is sudden with paint. I've been doing it too long, so it's, it has nothing to do with sudden. It's sudden. I it it. I think about about some experiences, and I think about the closeness of my father, and then that's when I decided I was going to paint that. There there are other series that I have in the back of my mind, and then when I get to them, you know, I'll I'll paint them. But there's no rush. And how many many works have you made so far in the G series? I don't count them. That's amazing. There's there's an amazing quote that you have as well, which is where you you see things in other people that are reflected in me. My painting is me, and it's it's it is you as the artist, but also when you're painting the figures, the figures all come back and they all belong to you. They are you as well. I hope so, and I hope they're you too. I'm trying to express our our humanness. That's what I'm trying to express. And that, if I express that, then then you can you can identify with it too. Yeah. So a universal universality kind of. Do you think of an audience when you're making work? Are you aware that there will eventually be people looking at these works, or or is it that something? No, you... no, 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 no. That that's too much clutter. You know, it doesn't. What, what what I have to do for me is to do the best painting I can. Now, what you think about it is it's up to you. Uh, just, uh, you know, I can't be concerned with what you think about it. I, I have to be concerned with am I doing the best I can to relate what I think and feel on the canvas. Not not what, what your reaction is. Yeah. But certain audiences, you know what their reaction might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You've also said that the first painting I ever did was a social statement. That's something I'd love to uh, open up for the audience. The first painting I did when I was at Howard University was a social statement. That was true. Where are you finding all these? That's true. (laughs) Research. maybe a different environment than a lot of people were. And used to make uh, paintings of, of social consciousness. And used to paint. And I, I didn't realize, I was 18 now. I didn't realize that I was doing a painting of a clothesline. That's been done forever. You know, I thought, oh, look what I've done, you know, to myself. You know, that's been done forever. But at any rate, it's just a social comment. And which, which, when I grew up there, you didn't see clotheslines, you know, but some people, you look, they look out the windows and see them. 
My parents raised me to be socially aware, to have an appreciation for all people, not to appreciate the rich and powerful, but to have an appreciation for all people as human beings, all people. So, I mean, that there's a social consciousness that was that was taught to me from a very young age. See, I don't look down nor up to people. People are just people. We we across the table from one another. That's it. There's no, you know, up nor down. Yeah, absolutely. There was one um, part of your um, education, if you like, or, or the kind of early early years, which I was really interested in, which was um, I know that a mentor of yours, um, E.T.C. White, um, recommended that you go to Australia, and you ended up going there for a whole year to do a residency yes, in 1975. Yes, did you know him? Have you ever heard of him? I hadn't heard of him before this interview, no, but from what oh, I've seen... Oh, he lives in London. He's a very, very uh, uh, world-renowned art historian mm-hmm. whom I became good friends with. When I was uh, uh, at Johns Hopkins, he was head, he was visiting head of the department, and I had applied for the PhD program there, and that's how I met him. And he and his wife and I became friends and maintained that friendship. And he thought that I should paint. And uh, he had a letter from James Porter uh, recommending me, saying, well, Sylvia's a painter. She's not an art historian. But if she wants to do art history, I recommend her for your program. So John White and his wife came by my house and... and um, and um, you know, looked at my family, became almost like a part of my family. His wife became almost like, like one of my best friends. And he said, you need to get away from here where you don't have to worry about anything. And you go down to the University of Sydney, and they, there you, you have a nice place to stay. You, you won't have to pay anything. have a nice place to stay. You have all your materials. You have your studio, and you can paint when you want to, when and if you want to. You can come home if you want to, or you can stay there. It's up to you. Well, I stayed there. He didn't think I was because it was all white, and I'd be the only black person there. But he he didn't think I, but I did, and had fun, enjoyed myself, had quite a social life. You know, I went to a lot of parties. But it was was fun, and I did a lot of work, a, a lot of work there. And that was um, 1975? I'm not good on years. I remember, <laughs> you know, I always had to call my daughter. I know her birth date, but I always had to say, what year were you born? And I can remember when she was, when I delivered her, you know, you know but I can't, uh, I'm not good on dates. So if that's what you're reading, that's correct. <laughs> Have you ever thought that, um, I, I know you predominantly work and paint in Washington, but in in the times that you painted in like, I don't know, uh, Scowhegan in, in Maine or when you went to Australia, for example, did did light ever affect your interpretation or response um, or use of colour? Or do you think it's just something that, that the actual physical location really doesn't impact even the colour choices? It doesn't impact it at all. For me, it does mm-hmm. not. Interesting. No. You know, when I was in school at age 18 or 19, I had to learn how to shade which direction light came from. But, I mean, it has nothing to do with my painting. It has nothing to do with me at all. 
light that has nothing to do with me. I just want to make sure I can see it, that the light's bright enough so I can see the color differentiation, but not, it, it has nothing to do with me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss paint by the north light or whatever they paint by mm-hmm. what is it like sylvia now knowing that your work is coming to the uk and how do you feel about these paintings that you you made in the late 70s and now kind of being seen in 2023 in in london well i'm, I'm, I'm fortunate that that my paintings are being shown and I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, are you are you excited about an audience discovering you here? How do you feel no, like the work? No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't get excited like that. You know, I just want to make. You see, I have to make. I'm going to go there a little early, and I'm glad Charlie Fellows let me do this. Uh, asked me to do this to come there a little early and to place the paintings where they where they were would be best seen. And I'm 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 glad about that, and I do appreciate that. But it's not. Uh, I I do appreciate that. He has involved me with a lot of decisions. Like you here. Yes. How did you get to know? How why are you? How how did you get to know my work? I first saw it at Freeze Masters yes, last yes, year. Yes, yes, yes. That was it around um, in October in London. There was stuff written about I, it I around think it was Freeze. Franklin Franklin Parrish Gallery. Mm-hmm. Um, did an installation of a body of work you made. And I think I saw that. And then I started researching you on the internet. And then weirdly, Russell contacted me separately about your work, saying that he loved it and that we should try and find you. Because <laughs> we, often, we, often we often share our enthusiasm almost every day for new people or people oh. we've never heard of. And it's a, that's kind of what our friendship is. And, and we both came is. to your work in... Yeah, and what the show is, yeah. But that we both came to your work individually, and then we kind of had this meeting point. It was a really beautiful thing. Oh, good. That's good to hear. <laughs> good. Can, can we talk about, Rob touched on then, about um, you were uh, at Skowhegan teaching. Teaching's been a, a very important thing for you throughout your whole career. I didn't teach at Skowhegan. I oh. did not teach at Skowhegan. I was a student. You know, I was still at Howard University. And what they did was to offer scholarships to people. At that time, that was the best summer school, art summer school in the country. And they offered scholarships to certain universities. And Howard University was one. And James A. Porter chose me to go that particular year. 
And I did go, and I enjoyed myself. I got first place in painting, too, which was nice. And my parents came up. I met a lot of people there, like Ben Sean. And my parents came up to get me. He, they had to put the paintings on top of the car, and we came back to D.C. <laughs> but that was good. And the second time I went to Skowhegan, I was there as artist in residence, which I, I, I painted. There, but they, I was never in a teaching position. But you have taught at like Howard and Cornell and Yale. I have taught everywhere, everywhere on the <laughs> Eastern Seacoast. <laughs> yes, I did, and that—that's because I can't. It, I can't paint and work forty hours a week. I cannot do that. Just and take care of my kids. Work forty hours a week. Take care of them, you know, my house, and then paint. I don't have any more energy, time, or anything else left. So I've been extremely fortunate that I could get jobs where I would teach where the, the workload was 12 hours a week. And I got to the point where I, I don't like to teach painting. I just because it takes too much energy from me, from my art, from my own art. So I don't like to teach painting. What I do like to teach is like the survey of art history. I've had a lot of art history courses, which was you had to have a minor at Howard University. If you were majoring in, in painting, you had to have a minor in, in the art history. So that's what I have, and one in psychology. But that the, the art history, I've learned so much about it while I was in Howard, that that. I would teach the year course of the survey of art history from Paleolithic to, to uh, the 21st century. But I enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed doing that, you know, showing slides and talking about what the thrust was in this particular way of painting. I enjoyed that, and it didn't take, and I, I, I memorized it. Do you know, so I go into class, and, or one class, and said, tell me what the last thing it was that I said. And they tell me, and then I just go right on, you know, right on that way. And I enjoy doing it. I enjoy communicating. I enjoy trying to instill an appreciation for Western art into people. And I've taught people from different backgrounds, from people who were, were not economically fortunate to those who were very economically fortunate. And uh, it's, it's a funny sort of thing, too. It's about the way people think. To me, it's an interesting thing. Interesting. For me. People are interesting. They are. But, but has teaching... You were saying that you, you didn't want it to take too much away from your art, but having so many personalities and so many interesting people you're meeting, has that affected the way you approached your own art? No. They were just... What they did was maybe enrich my life that I knew, got to know somebody, but it didn't have any, any effect on my own painting. No, what I do is, is is a singular thing. It's not. It's a singular thing. It's not. It's not where I have these great influences. The only two influences I've had on my painting were my parents and their support. They were great parents. Great parents. And the support and guidance of Howard University's Fine Arts Department. Those are the two, two aspects of my life that, that helped me formulate what I do now. 
can we talk about your art heroes, Sylvia? Is it possible to um, touch on Edvard Munch? Oh, heroes, Munch? that's an odd word, isn't it? Is that's it? an odd word. They're, 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 I don't have any art heroes. I mean, that's, I don't use that word heroes. I don't know what that word means, really. But they're people whose work I like. And, you know, I mean, I like some of Salvador Dali. So you can say what you want to say about his work and about him. But I like some of his work. And you can say what you want to say about his film, but whatever you want to say. You know, but, but I like some of that. I like some of a, a lot of different styles of, of art. You know, I, I um, like Carol Lapel. You know, I like Soutine. Oh, Soutine is just wonderful. But, and, and, you know, I like Kukoshka. And, um, most of the expressionist painters I like, whether they're abstract expressionists or German expressionists, either I like I like the, the expressionism. I do. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. I mean, it, I, I love this. I love this um, expression that you're saying of like, of that your art is really you, and then other people can spot things that they that they think you might like, but essentially your creativity is from within you. And then as you grow through life, it just evolves. It is, exactly. Exactly. The paint is me. The style is me. All of that is me, my personality, what I have experienced. It's all me. What somebody else does over there doesn't mean anything. I can like it and I can appreciate it. I just use Dali and, and uh, Supreme because the two extremes in, in the way they apply paint, just to say that I have an appreciation for many styles of painting, many styles. And it's, it doesn't all have to be expressionist, but most of them are. But it doesn't have to be expressionism. How long does a painting take for you, Sylvia, when, when you're working on it? I don't. I don't use, listen, I don't, I don't, there's no such thing as clock time. A painting is, it starts and ends. Now, what the clock says doesn't mean anything. It has a lot, I mean, it, it, I don't, I'm, that has nothing to do with me. I don't paint by clock time. It has nothing to do with me whatsoever. A painting is started, it's an experience, and it, I'm having it, and when I know that it's, that experience has ended, I stop. It, it's complete. And I don't, it has nothing to do with, with time. And a lot of it, you know, because my paint's so thick, a lot of it, you know, it, it takes so much time for it to dry, which is like I'm waiting for a painting that I worked on yesterday hard. To, to dry and it's like I paint on the floor because the paint is so thick that if I paint on it, paint it on an easel, my paints are too large to put on an easel. But if I lean them against the wall, see the paint would just slide down. So I have to paint on the floor. So many paintings that I paint on the floor, I don't see them hanging until they're in a, a gallery or a museum. I don't I, I don't see that. Because everything I'm focused is the way I the way I paint is looking directly down on them, not not as though they're looking back at me from a standing position. So you must be really surprised then when you see these paintings. No, hanging. no. Why would I be surprised? <laughs> because because the positions changed and you're suddenly seeing them from. No, you know, they a don't different... change. My position changes, but the painting doesn't change. Right. So I don't want, want, no, no. I was not surprised. 
Well, I see this. It's just another way that I can see it. If you think of painting as a very solitary act, and I, I heard a friend of mine, Rebecca Lucy Taylor, who's a singer in England, she said the other day that that for her, creativity in her life is is almost like um, when you're born, you're at the bottom of the mountain, and then by the time you die, you're at the top of the mountain, and then and then all you're doing in life and in creativity is sort of slowly going up that mountain, like alone. Um, do you do you think of 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 art as this solitary? sort of journey through life? for me. It is for me. Making art, that's what you're saying. Making art, it's solitary. I don't, I'm not around people. I don't need their approval. I don't need anything from them. I don't, I, they're just a distraction. And I have to think and feel and put down what I want by myself. Not with, not with other people. Right. And what is your favorite thing about making work, like being a painter? Is is there one particular thing? The, 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 the act of doing it. Mm. Just doing it. You know, while you're in the act of creating it, that that is the most exciting part for me. So it's the doing, not the necessarily the end result. It's kind of... The the purpose of it is the doing. Yeah, you asked me about. I thought, what was the most the most exciting thing about painting is doing it. It's not the end result. It's doing it. I don't stand. You know, some people do stand back and they look at their art and they say, "Oh," and they get all you know excited about it. <laughs> I don't do that. No. <laughs> what is what is the feeling then? What is the feeling you? have then when you finished a painting exuberance exuberance it's an exuberance coming really comes in really when i when, when i'm doing it that's when i feel it it's not like the end of it i'm, I'm exuberant it's just the actual doing it you know it, you know i don't some people do look at their work and they get exuberant at the end and look what i've created i don't go through that at all it has nothing to do with me in my process. And are you quite happy then for the work to leave the studio and, and be be acquired by collectors and museums? Is, how do you feel about parting with your work? Do you know, I don't have this, this whole thing about... I, ha- I can't part with my art. It doesn't have anything to do with me and painting. When I'm finished, it, I'm divorced from it. I'm divorced from it. I am so interested in doing the painting itself. Do you know that that uh, when, when, when I'm through doing it, then then it I'm divorced from it. I'm on to the next one. I'm a sharp person. And it's not, I can't, can't go up and say, come and look at my work. Come and, come and see this. You know, I, I can't do that. And that's why I'm, I'm where I am now, still on M Street. But the, the, um, it's not within my personality. Some people can really do that, can sell themselves. I, that's not my personality. I've been so nervous about this conversation, and I thought about it, and I said, oh, my goodness. I said, don't forget to say this, and don't forget to say that, and I haven't, I haven't said any of it. Yeah. 
Oh, well, te- well, tell us, tell us, Sylvia, what it is. You, what is it that you want that you wanted to say about, you know? In, in, oh, on... I don't know. It's all gone now. It's the, it's gone now. I'm going along with what you ask. It's all gone. I was just trying to prepare myself so I wouldn't go. Ah, oh, what? You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, it's interesting the way you describe that because for me, it's like there's a kind of um, you kind of aren't concerned with like expectations if you know what I mean like for the end result and I think some creatives often worry too much about the end result or worry too much about you know where their work will be shown instead of the actual thing itself and I think that's really interesting that you kind of the only expectation you have is to make space to be able to create the art that's that's enough for me I've understood about me as a person my limitations I have only two concerns in life, my children and painting. The rest of it doesn't have too much to do with me. Now I'll listen to the news, you know, but I mean, it doesn't really have that too much to to do with me. What paint do you use? Is there a certain paint company that you really rely on? Are there certain brushes that you really respond best to? I'm not here to put up an ad for a particular company. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So I don't answer that question. I use acrylic. Listen, I'll tell you this. I'm an oil painter. I, I am an oil painter. And um, my kids could not take the, the, the odor of, of turpentine. So, and then when I went to Sydney, they could not buy enough oil paint, and I'd have to leave them there too long. They could not import not by, but important enough. So I had to learn how to use acrylic. Uh, uh, oil paint, as you know, is from nature. Oil paint is nature. You can work in it, you can work, or you can do everything with oil paint. Acrylic is nothing but plastic. It dries and it dries like plastic. So for me, I had to learn how to paint with acrylic because it's just different. I can remember talking to my mother one night and I said, she asked what was wrong. I said, this painting is drying, and as it dries, it dies. You know, acrylic paint dies when it's not wet. For me, it dies. Mm. Right. Yeah, there's like a luscious aliveness in oil paint, isn't there? Yes. Yes. It is. It is. It is. You see, that is just plastic. There's no life in that plastic. And the materials, you know, themselves, the materials. And so what I learned to do, what I learned to do, too, with the acrylic, now this is only the use of acrylic, not oil. What I learned with acrylic is that I extended the color areas by incorporating oil pastel on top of the acrylic. All right. Now, not in these paintings that you're, t- not, not in these paintings in London, not those paintings, but during my time as painting. And, and you, you mentioned the two most important things in your life are your family, like your, your children now, and then your painting. How do those two things meet? Like, do your, how do your kids react to your paintings? And like, um, how did you manage to like balance that? I was painting before they came along. You know, <laughs> mama and painting go together. 
They don't know me without painting. They don't, you know, that's what I am. I'm a painter. So that's, that's you know, mom and paint. That's it. And how do they react to the work? Do they do they take an interest in it? Do they? Not really. Not really. <laughs> I, I was doing a painting and I asked my son, I said, Malik, what do you think of this? And he stands back, gives me this. The stance. He says, "Well, Ma, you've done better." <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I knew. But but you see, but he, let, let me explain. He knew that I was having some feelings about that painting, or I wouldn't have asked that question. Therefore, he took his clue from that because he knows I really don't care what he thinks about it. You know, but he knew from that that I was having some trepidation about that particular painting. So that's why he was he was going along with it. So it wasn't <laughs> that he was standing back and thinking that, you know, he, he's a judge of what I did, my painting. You know, no, it wasn't that. <laughs> but he knew that I was really that's not so feeling comfortable with it. You know, when I when I look at your work, I feel like they have created a new world somehow, almost like as a, as a viewer, um, people were, are able to somehow escape into, into this other world of your painting. Like, it seems like a, even though it is very human and very real and very like how we can feel in an interior psychological way, I also just feel a kind of freedom when I look at them, a liberation mm, yeah. and something quite almost like a progressive space. And is, is, is escapism or fantasy or creating other worlds like, you know, like a utopian world or something like that? Is that of interest to you within the painting? Or no, no, indeed. No. Let me a long time ago, I used to, oh, Philosophy. I do a lot of things about talking about philosophy, you know. And I had a good fit. I mean, this is a long time ago. So listen, are you a painter? Are these? Are you a philosopher? He said, you need to make up your mind which one you are. <laughs> <laughs> so I stopped trying to be a philosopher. You know, I wasn't aware that's what I was doing. Just trying oh, yeah. to understand life. You know, trying to put together life and the way it shapes us and, and how we confront it. Do you listen to music while you paint, Sylvia? No. No. And that's one thing my mother could not understand. Why don't you listen to music while you paint? Why don't you? I said, I just don't. I don't hear anything. I hear me and the paint. I don't hear anything. Sometimes the television is on. Television stays on in my house 24 hours a day because that needs, like, background noise. But I don't necessarily hear it. It stays on the CNN or the whatever news channel. But, I mean, I can I zoom out of that. I mean, it's on, but it's it, I don't necessarily, I don't hear it. Wow. That's really interesting. So there's so there's a separation of of really philosophy, and then it is all about pure paint and the action of painting, and that as a force in its own right. Yeah. Okay. But it's also, you know, I, 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 the way I choose to paint has a lot to do with. And I don't know how, and I don't want to go go into it because I'm not equipped to. 
philosophy about life and about living, too. I choose my style of painting. My style of painting was not forced upon me. It's an outgrowth of me, outgrowth of my mental and emotional self. Mm. Wow. What a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, we have, we have some questions that we ask every single guest that comes on. This has just been so fascinating, Sylvia. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. Thank you for coming. Of, of course. The questions we ask is, the first one is, if you could steal nicely, if you could do an art heist and you could steal any work of art from anywhere in the world for yourself, uh, what would it be and why? No, there's not one. I see this whole idea of possession. I don't I don't have that. You know, I don't wanna possess art. I don't wanna possess somebody's art. I don't you know, that art if if it's there for other people to see. I don't want to, to, to take it and own it. I don't have this ownership the possession sort of characteristic in my makeup. Did you ever have other artists asking to like swap their paintings for yours? Yeah, a long time ago, but they don't do that anymore. I mean, a very, very long time ago. And I didn't know, I, didn't, I don't like to do that. There's no, I don't, particularly, I don't want your painting. You know, I don't want your painting. <laughs> Was there ever a point when you remember saying to yourself, I'm an artist or I'm going, I'm a painter? And this is my life. Like, was there a realization or is it just something that flowed? I think I've always been. Are you asking me when is there a realization? When was there a realization that's what I am? Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but at a very young age, at a very young age, so I didn't, because I, that's what I always enjoyed doing. I enjoyed, you know, so... I, I enjoyed it more than more than anything else. More than playing hopscotch, I enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, the other question we ask every guest is, "What is your favorite color?" Well, I don't know. The color I use the most is red. Well, red because it's it's lively. It's alive. You know, it, it, it's alive, and people all over the world have some relationship to the color red. There's a reaction to the color red, you know, more so than black, more so than white, more so than anything else. There is a reaction to the color red, and I have that reaction too. What is the best advice that you've ever received when it comes to your art, Sylvia? Keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there was there ever times you had doubts or you felt like you couldn't continue, or has it always just been you? You have to do it. It's like a, a necessity in order painting. to live. When my when my son was killed, I couldn't paint. I, it was it took too much out of me. I couldn't. I couldn't. I just for a year, and that's the longest I've ever gone without painting. I just couldn't do it. And why I got back into it after a year, I don't know. Did I really change my painting? No, it did not. I just could not do it. It was just, it, the pain consumed me. And I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't do pain. But I mean, I can imagine that's also because your painting is so much, isn't it? 
you have to give so much. So if you're in grief, I guess it's hard to be able to give in that way. Yeah. Well, Sylvia, this has been an, an incredible conversation with you and I cannot wait to meet you uh, when the exhibition opens. Is the uh, title of the exhibition M Street or is there another title you're considering? M Street on White. M Street on White. The complete okay. M Street on White. Because there are a lot of paintings I've done on M Street. That's the only portion, the only part of it, the huge series. That's all with the white for the negative space. So that's just, you know, M Street on White. Then I know which one you're talking about. Got it, got it, got it. There's a lot it, of it. M Street, but the M Street on White, I know, I know what aspect of the M Street series that comes from. Amazing. Well, this is, yeah, thank you so much for um, spending time with us today. We will link, um, show images of things we've been discussing today, and also we will link to uh, Ida Lasanti, which I think has uh, an Instagram, does it, Rob? Do you know? Yeah, they're at Edel Asante, um, and you'll be able to visit the exhibition from the 14th of September until the 28th of October 2023. And you can also visit their website, and um, there's some amazing writing about Sylvia's work. And interestingly, Sylvia's work's been written about in every single decade, pretty much, that um, she's been making work. But there's an amazing critic's choice from 1988, I think, which was written by a writer back then called Alice Thorson. And you can yes, find it online. Alice Thorson. Yeah, I think it was called Engaging Expressionism. And I loved that article. Mm -hmm. I thought it was so brilliant. And it's really interesting that yes. a piece of writing from 1988 is still as relevant today. It's like, it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. So I really recommend that as well. Well, thank you so much for your thank generosity you. and your time and your beautiful work. It's, um, yeah, it really and stays I'm with really us. I'm really impressed about all the things you know about me. I really <laughs> yeah. am. You really did a lot of homework. And that, that's, you know, that, that's good that you're all so very prepared. Oh, well, we're well, we've got fans. so much respect for your paintings. Yeah, we, we love your paintings. We, we, we truly, like, really connect to them. And um, oh, this has so been glad. such an honor, honor for us. And I really hope we get to meet you, you in person. In Are you London. going back to painting now when you get off the phone to us? No, I can't. I don't bounce back and forth. That's why I was trying to explain to Charlie. Like he comes and he, he'll ask me questions and I have to go to the computer. And I have to think, well, what is he talking about? And then I can't go back to painting. So I won't paint today. See, uh, I've talked with you, and 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 you'll get out of my system, and I'll paint tomorrow. I can't right. do, I have to just do painting that day. I can't fool around with a whole lot of other stuff that takes takes away from me, takes away from my thinking about painting. You know, I just can't bounce back and forth like that. It's not that kind of, it's not that kind of thing. It's not, it's not. I don't bounce, you know. I'm I'm here to stay until I do this, you know. And I don't, I can't be interrupted. Well, thank you so so much for giving us your day. My, then that's it's a real yeah, um, generosity of you. So thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Sylvia, and thank you to everyone for listening. And we will be back very soon. Thank you. Bye okay. bye bye bye. bye. 
You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamond and Russell Tovey. Follow us on Instagram at Talk Art, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in today's episode, with music by Jack Northover. Subscribe to Talk Art at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Give us a rating and write us a comment. Thanks for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.